You are listening to Andover Airwaves, which is produced by Andover Public Schools in Andover, Kansas. Hello and welcome to another episode of Andover Airwaves, your podcast about all things Andover Public Schools. This month in our Family Talk series, we're talking about reflecting, celebrating, and looking ahead. And midway through the school year here, it's a good time to be looking back on successes and maybe some things we could get better at first semester. And then obviously we're into the second semester now. And to do that, we welcome in Alicia Rich, our family engagement consultant. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. So I know we're a few weeks here into the, the second semester, but it's not too late to kind of be thinking about, you know, how would the first semester go? And, you know, we have some goals and things that we want to set for second semester too. So absolutely, as parents, um, yeah, those can be kind of big conversations. Maybe they're smaller conversations in, in chunks. I don't know. But how do you sit a kid down and say, let's kind of talk about how the first semester went? Yeah, let's do some goal setting, right? In Every January. kid's going to be really excited about that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> In January, we have that itch, right, for the the new and the fresh and the kind of let's start over. And so it really is the perfect time to have those conversations. They will probably come more naturally for some kids than others and also depending on ages. But, you know, like you said, sometimes it does come in a conversation and sometimes it comes in smaller chunks of conversation over time. But there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, tonight we are going to spend some time as a family, grab pizza and have a family night. And let's just talk about how the last few months of school have been. And obviously, if you're talking to maybe a kindergarten or first grader, you're not going to look at the whole semester at a time, right? That feels huge. But you can say general questions like, what do you think about kindergarten so far? What's your favorite thing been? Um, what thing's been the hardest for you? But if you're talking to older elementary and especially middle and high school students, you want to be asking them, you know, look back like at the classes that you had last semester. What did you love? What didn't you love? What felt really hard for you? And just opening the door to those conversations, if it's the first time you've ever um, engaged in something like this with your kids, they're probably going to answer with a lot of, well, I don't know, <laughs> because that's their typical first response, right? Their brains aren't used to thinking like this. Even as adults, we want to rush to the next thing. And so often we miss that key piece of reflection, but really spending time in conversations and reflecting on honestly how things have been, what has been hard, what challenges you've overcome, it really does set the stage for you to be able to look at where you want to go. I suppose that could be, I mean, focused on the child, but I mean, we can do that as adults too, I would think, just in terms of how we supported our kids and what we want to do differently too. Absolutely. And this month on social media and um, in emails from the district, you should be seeing a link to an article that has some great questions that you can follow to help you as a family even discuss those those reflection topics. So like you said, you know, you, you can do that yourself as an adult or with your spouse. You can have those converse, conversations, excuse me, with your kids. Challenge your kids to ask you questions too. You know, what do you wonder about my job? Or um, maybe you have a hobby you've been working on. My husband has really gotten into mountain biking lately. Mountain biking, I'll say with quotations, we do live in, in Kansas, Kansas, but yeah. not on the sidewalk, right? And um, it, my son, our six-year-old loves to talk to him about how he's getting better and how far did he get to ride this time or what what was different on that trail did he struggle he's he craves hearing from us as his parents 
things that we do well and things that are hard for us because I think he's looking to see, okay, are they still struggling even though they're grownups? Mm-hmm. And that's so valuable for our kids to see. Yeah, being authentic, right? I mean, that's Absolutely. what it really comes down to. So like I said, this is kind of a three-part piece. That's the reflection piece. Yeah. And celebrating. Like what – I mean, is it too late to, to celebrate some of the successes in the first semester? Not at all. I am a huge proponent in stopping and having that reflection piece, but then also celebrating how far you've come. And not just celebrating the wins on paper, you might call them. Not necessarily just celebrating a specific grade or a specific um, you know, class that you've gotten into or something like that. Celebrating the things that, that we may overlook. Like, when did you show up every day to a class that was the hardest thing you've ever done? And yet you did it every day without looking for an excuse. Or when did you walk into school and hold your head up high after you'd had a fight with your best friend and you knew you didn't want to be in that, you know, cafeteria that day? Or There's so many different things. It can be social. It can be academic. It can be behavioral, um, just something personal. But we overcome things as humans every day, right? And so often, again, because we're rushing to get to the, that next thing, we don't stop to look at what we really, truly have accomplished. And so... You know, celebration for our family, it looks a lot like just patting each other on the back and sharing during a family meeting. We have family meetings um, once a month. And for other families, that might look like a night out for ice cream or a dance party in the kitchen or, you know, your um, your child has accomplished something and you say, hey, we're going to have a game night. You pick what we're going to play. It doesn't have to be something that requires spending money. A lot of times I think, you know, you hear that word celebration and you think it has to be a thing, right? An event. It doesn't have to be. It can be very simple. It can just be the recognition of the effort or the achievement. Um, It can also sometimes be celebration of a failure. You showed up and you tried something that you'd never done before. It didn't go well. You didn't make the team. That wasn't what you wanted. But gosh, I'm so proud of you because you went out and you attended, you know, you attempted, you did tryouts, you went through all the things. What did you learn? Let's celebrate that because so often in life, we're going to make it farther when we learn from our failures than when we just have success after success. For sure. You know, in our, our family, we have a sixth grader and middle school means lots of new things. Yes. Some could be even more. And that, that's something we've talked a lot about. It's just let's try new things. And and that's success for sure. And Absolutely. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I'm wondering is, you know, we're all really busy and things kind of go by fast. And um, how do you celebrate in the moment and also this big picture thing? I mean, I'm thinking about I can't even remember what all the things that happened in the last semester. Is that just a matter of keeping a journal or notes or something to, to keep track of that stuff and look at it cumulatively? Yeah, that's a great question. And, you know, that may be something that you ask your kids at home. So, hey, I heard I was listening to a podcast and I heard this great idea about taking some time and intentionally celebrating the achievements that we have or um, the efforts that we're putting in in life. And I want to start doing that. Would it feel good to you if we did that something like once a week, if we did it once a month? What do you think? And maybe just see what they come up with. Oftentimes our kids are so creative and Mm -hmm. we'll have a great idea or they'll say um, for a little while at our house, we had a list. We like took one of those giant post-it papers, you know, like a a poster board and stuck it on the kitchen wall and they just wrote things that they were proud of or that they had accomplished. Accomplished. Oh, and cool. we didn't even really have to have the conversation, but it was there. We all saw it when we sat down to eat dinner. Mm-hmm. So those are some ongoing things you can start to do. And then I think, you know, whether it's by the quarter or by the semester, taking some time 
pull up Power School and you can maybe start there and say, um, you know, first quarter, you were really struggling with social studies, but gosh, look at the improvement that you made. And that can begin the conversation. I never recommend um, camping out on the grade as the whole conversation, but it is a place to start. Um, And for the little kids, it's going to be smaller, right? Or more general, um, like I mentioned, you know, what's your favorite thing so far about school? And then, you know, when you begin to look ahead, asking questions like, what's something you wish you could change or mm-hmm. something that you wish could be different? Right. And that definitely gets into the goal setting, the looking ahead piece of that. And I'm kind of curious, you know, some of that would be, hey, we had successes and we're going to continue those and build on that. Some of it obviously might be harder conversations about, gosh, that didn't go well. We need to be yeah. better about certain things. Yeah. So how do you balance those two things? And, how you know, how do you go about those conversations? I think, again... A lot of it is starting with asking your kids what they think and getting their perspective. There may be something that's on their mind or that they're sensing they need to work on that you haven't even thought of. Or it may be that thing that you think is going to be a challenge. They're going to come and say, I'm really struggling getting out of bed every morning. And, you know, I really need to set a new goal to like get up when my alarm goes off or whatever. And for kids, a lot of the goals that we set are going to also look like those habits that we've talked about. So back at the beginning of the school year, we talked about establishing positive habits and routines. This, These two marry very well, right? That, you know, your goal might be that you get to a point where you're getting out of bed on time every morning. Well, that's going to happen because you're going to create these positive habits. So... You don't ever want to, you know, completely change your life, right? Because that's not going to work. I'm going to fix everything all at once. <laughs> you want to pick maybe one area that you focus on. Um, in When I was in the classroom and my students would set goals, we always stayed in that kind of three to five goal range. For some kids, three was really as much as they could work on. And, and I tried to make them from different areas of life per se. So maybe they set a goal in reading and a goal in math and a social goal. Um, And it would look different for different children. And maybe even in your house, you have a family goal and then they have a personal goal that they work on. Um, And so I would start the conversation asking them what they think, maybe jot down some ideas. And then I always encourage parents to ask their child. It's something like, Um, there's some things I'm thinking about, some goals that might be helpful for you. Could I share them with you? Or are you interested in hearing my ideas? Mm -hmm. They're very rarely going to say, no, I don't care what you have to say, dad. But when you ask, it is a respectful way to then share your opinion without it being like, well, now that I, you know, I'm the parent, I'm going to tell you what goal you're going to set. So it's just a way to set the conversation tone to be one of mutual respect. Yeah, I remember seeing a quote a long time ago that it was just really simple. It said, people support what they help create. Absolutely. And I, I would think that would be one of those categories where kids, you know, if they had the buy-in, if they at least said, well, this is my goal. This wasn't my parents' goal, my mom and dad's goal. That's my goal. That means a lot more to them at that point. And as a parent, I would imagine being able to remind them of that. Yes. When they're struggling or when they maybe don't they'll follow through would be pretty good. Yeah, this is something you said you wanted to work on. Absolutely. And then for them to see us as parents supporting them in something that matters. You know, maybe their goal is that they didn't make the basketball team this year and they really want to make it next year. That's a long-term goal, right? But what yeah. does that look like? You can't just sit on the couch and eat potato chips and then try out for basketball next year and hope for a different result. 
So then our job as parents is to take that big goal for them and break it down into, okay, do we want to find a rec team that you can play on? Do we want to get you some lessons? Are you going to practice out, you know, in the cul-de-sac with your friends or whatever those things look like? Mm -hmm. Then we can step in and say, these are some ideas I have to support you. Which of these sound like things that would feel good to you? And then you can work together to really create that plan. Yeah, that roadmap seems more of the parent's responsibility to a certain extent, I would think. Although, you, obviously, you want buy-in for the kids too. Yes, I think so. And again, age is going to determine that sure. a lot. Um, I just today was working on some things for high school families and having a high schooler myself thinking about, you know, our goal is that in three and a half years when she leaves home, I got emotional for a minute, <laughs> that she is an independent, well-adjusted, capable adult, right? That she's not still a child who right. needs me to do everything for her. So so at 15, as a freshman in high school, how do I support her and lay the roadmap like you're talking about and then pick up those pieces a little bit at a time so that she then has to lay more of that map? And then by right. the end when she's ready to leave, she knows what that looks like and how to do that. And those things really can start when they're little, you know, preschool, kindergarten, and the roadmap is very small at that point. It's, you know, your our goal is that you're going to make your bed without me asking every morning, how are we going to get there? What are we going to do? I'll remind you one time in the morning and then next week I will remind you every other day or, you know, and that leads into, um, what can we do to help keep track of our goals too? And I'm a huge proponent for little kids of habit trackers, something where they can, it can be as simple as a sticker on a piece of paper. Every day that they make their bed, they get their sticker. And if they do that, maybe it's three days in a row at first, right? They get um, five minutes of tech time or they get to stay up a little later past bedtime, something like that. And then as they get older or as the task gets easier, you can then extend that. The habit has to happen longer. Um, but there's lots of things like that that you can put in place to help support mm -hmm. them. Am I right in assuming that uh, rewarding positive, the good behavior versus maybe punishing when they don't follow through is more effective? Is there research on that or do you, do you know anything? Yes, absolutely. So our brains really are wired to respond to positive, right? We... Um, our brains want to be fed more of what feels good. And so there's actually a lot of research about setting habits and reaching goals that say you want to constantly be feeling in your brain, because it increases dopamine, a reward for what you're doing. For instance, if I want to lose weight and I avoid chips and queso at my favorite Mexican restaurant. Mm, yeah. That doesn't bring in a reward, right? That's something that I'm depriving myself of. But when I get on the scale the next day and my weight has gone down, that's my reward because then I feel good. My brain likes the way that feels. My brain is not going to search for the next time I can have that feeling again. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I got on the scale and I'd gained weight because of what I did, you know, last week on vacation or, you know, whatever that right. might look like, my brain doesn't like then what I see on the scale and it avoids having that feeling again. Mm. So that's really great as often as we can reward the positive. And you also want to have conversations about the negative. So instead of missing the, uh, they miss a day and instead of saying, oh, you didn't make your bed. Why didn't you do that? Or, you know, you your goal was that you were going to have no missing assignments. And look, you had one missing assignment this week. Say, okay, I noticed this week you had one missing assignment. That's okay. 
right? We're not working on perfection. We're working on progress. So what are we going to do next week to be better? And James Clear is an author who I really love. He writes a book called Atomic Habits. He has great advice in there. I recommend it to everybody always. Um, But it's great for parents uh, who want to help support their kids in this. He talks about if you miss once, don't miss twice. So if you're creating a new habit or routine or setting a goal and you mess up one time, okay, you mess up that one time, don't do it again the Mm -hmm. next day, be different. And so I think talking to our kids about that is really critical instead of us holding onto that. As a parent, I might know, okay, you know, she didn't make her bed today, I can't let her miss that tomorrow. No, I need to verbalize that to her. No problem, you didn't make your bed today, we're gonna start over, tomorrow's a a new chance to get it right. What are you gonna do different? Mm Yeah, that po- keeping that positivity is yeah. a, is a challenge, isn't it? <laughs> it can be, <laughs> at, least, at least for me. Yeah. I can understand. And we've got five kids, and so five kids and all their goals and the things they're working on. It can it can definitely be overwhelming. And you know, if this is totally new to you, maybe your family just sets one family goal, something that you could all be working on together, a project mm-hmm. around the house you want to accomplish, or maybe you're planning um, a vacation. You know, a goal doesn't even necessarily have to be something that is some type of a a measurable achievement, right? It could be an end result of we're going on vacation in June and these are all the things that we have to do to be ready to do have that vacation. Are there there things the kids can do to research where you're going or to be involved in creating a packing list or things like that? And it just helps them see the process of working towards something. Great information. So if people are interested in in maybe learning a little bit more or just, you know, how to apply this to their family or just kind of interested in brainstorming, uh, we have an event coming up. Why don't you tell them about that? Absolutely. I'm really excited for this. It is going to be an open house style workshop on Tuesday, January 31st. Come and go from six to seven. Families can come by, so make sure you bring your kids. And there's going to be some resources there, um, materials with questions that you can talk through to help with that reflecting stage, some ideas about things you can celebrate, and then uh, an organizer to help you actually begin to set some goals, either individually or as a family. We'll also have some ideas on some habit trackers that you might be able to use, some information on SMART goals, which is a great way to make sure that you're setting goals that you can actually reach. And um, so I think it's just going to be a fun night for you to come and sit with your family and have some good conversation. And Um, you know, I'll be there to kind of help spur the conversation along if you need it or answer questions. And then, like I said, just get those resources. So it's definitely a great way if you're interested in this and want to dig in a little more. Great. Well, thanks for being here. Great conversation. Appreciate your time. Thank you. That does it for another episode of Andover Airwaves. Thanks for joining us. If you have an idea for a podcast you'd like to hear in the future, you can email us at info at usd385.org. Have a great day.